What's up, guys? Welcome to the 1% Club. If you guys want access to all my MMA plays, join the Discord by clicking the link below. All right, all right, all right. Welcome back to the 1% Club podcast. We're back on the Discord in the profit. Couple dicey weeks. But long term, we got you covered. A uh, couple things. What are we going over, Project? We got uh, last last week. What are we? What are we? Which one are we running to? The main event first thing, because I think you know we're going to see interesting kind of paths now for both kind of fighters. I think two of them easily could have won that fight. Gamrot versus Sarukian, the battle of the most underrated lightweights, maybe fighters on planet Earth. Um, I think a lot of the uh, casuals. Didn't know who those guys were beforehand, but I can assure you that both those guys are nasty, nasty, nasty lightweights. And probably, uh, I mean, I, I I think it would be safe to say those are guys like top 10. I don't know what their rankings are. Do you know what their rankings are? They're both of them are ranked, right? They're both ranked. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're both top 15, I think. I don't know if, if they're in the top 10 or not, but uh, they're the, the point I'm trying to make is they're both, they're both highly, highly skilled athletes. Uh, the pace that they pushed... Over 25 minutes was absurd. Like, it was just uh, insane. Armin is 25 years old. Yeah, and the fact that Armin Sarukian, 25 years old. And what a lot of people don't know is he lost, his only loss other than Saturday night was to uh, Islam. And that was on like a week's notice. And he had some success against Islam. Very good wrestler, very good boxer. Uh, very close fight against Gamrot. Uh, Could have went either way. But uh, man, it was just an amazing, amazing fight. Uh, I'll watch those guys fight 10 weekends in a row. Um, I'm looking forward to how the UFC places those guys. Cause they're, they're both, uh, <clears throat> neither one of them have a crazy name recognition. You know what I mean? So it, it can make things dicey from a business standpoint. My guess is you're going to see these guys in a lot more main cards and a lot more main events like they were. Uh, and I, I, I would venture to say that if the UFC was smart, they're going to start putting the, like the hype train the media train behind these guys, and rightfully so. They're both really good. So uh, I, I think we're going to see Gamrot get a really good fight. I mean, he called out Justin Gaethje after. I'm with that. I'm signing me up. I'm with that, right? Like, I mean, he's he's kind of skipping the line. Do we know his ranking yet? No, you're all good. <clears throat> Even if it's 10, let's just say it's 10. He's kind of skipping the line. I don't think he's going to get Gaethje next. You know what I mean? I don't think he'll skip the line. Uh, there's some guys that he needs to go through. If you pull up that ranking list for me, uh, let's let's. So just, Gamrot's now number eight. Gamrot is now number eight. Let's tell me who who's who's uh, five, six, and seven. Five is Michael Chandler. Six is Benil. I could see a fight with him and Benil. I could see that. I'm with that. I'm with that. Show me, uh, Benil. Who's who's uh, top top four? Top four. Um, beyond that, it's Islam, Justin, Dustin, and then Charles. No champ. Benil makes the most sense to me right now. Uh, and that, that's if they don't make Benil and Is, Islam happen, right? I don't, I don't know. I don't know the likelihood of that. It seems like they've tried to book that a couple times and it hasn't gone through. I, I got the sense that that was the fight to make. I don't know. I don't know. But if they don't make that fight happen, I'm here for, for Gamron and Benil. And I'll be honest with you. I would take Gamron in that fight. I would take Gamron in that fight. That's a, that's a, that's a, uh, a tough matchup for him. Just to make it interesting as well, Rafael Fazeev is fighting Rafael de Sanjos. 
Fazeev versus RDA, that there's some big implications on the division and that. And I mean, you could pit him against the winner for sure. Gamrot versus RDA, that'd be fun. Um, you know, and I don't know. Fazeev is a monster too. I'm not saying that RDA is going to beat him, but the I think RDA mixes it up a little bit better, just like Gamrot does. So I'm I'm in with Gamrot versus either one of those guys. So uh, and even for Armin, I mean, for Armin, there's a ton of fights to make. What is he in the top fifteen? Eleven. Eleven. Who's who's ten? Fazeev. Then number nine is Tony. I mean, you could very easily put winner versus Gamrot, loser versus Armin. I I mean I I. I definitely think that's a that's a play that if I'm the UFC, I would be highly highly interested in, you know, um, yeah that that I'm I'm interested to see where those two boys go after uh, after this. But both those guys have a massive amount of potential, and I think you're seeing uh, like those guys are going to be a problem in that division, both of them. And and obviously we talked about Armin being 25 years old. Good lord, I mean, I could see him being a champion one day. I mean, he's amazing, and I'll be honest. I wouldn't mind seeing him fight Islam on on uh, on short notice or on uh, with the camp. I mean, with the camp, he he took that fight on I think like a week's notice, and I believe that was in uh, Abu Dhabi. I'm pretty sure. I could be wrong on that, but I think I'd, he's based in. I think he's Armenian, based in Dagestan. I could be wrong. He's in Vegas a ton, though. I mean, he I, I, he trained with Capitillo, who is Marino's boxing coach too. I mean, he trains with Capitillo quite a bit. I don't know where his base is, but I know he he travels quite a bit. So, either way, there's a there's a lot of good fights to make with uh with both those guys. That was a, I mean, those guys are so underrated, so underrated, extremely exciting fight. The, and what they didn't get enough credit for was the pace. The pace was insane. Twenty five minutes. The pace they put on was nuts. Uh, moving on to uh, this week's card. Get a word on Shavkat as well. You know, getting rid of Neil Magny isn't an easy feat. Listen, I've been I've been on uh, I've been on Shopkot Romanov for a long, long time, and uh, this dude is I've been saying this for years. He's going to be top five, top ten, and I believe he is now. Uh, but to get Neil Magny out of there is just a feat in itself, and he made it look easy. To be honest, he made it look easy, and and. There's a lot of fights to make with him. And uh, gosh, I can't help but think about him and like the the elites of the division. Like, I think somebody, if he's wanting to skip the line, somebody like Gilbert Burns always seems to be that guy that's like, yo, are you ready for the next, you know, are you ready for that title shot? Gilbert Burns is the guy to, to do that, you know? He's the gatekeeper at welterweight. <laughs> I don't want to call him a gatekeeper just because he's a savage, you know what I mean? But he he's... To me, if you can get if you can get past Gilbert Burns, you could potentially beat the champion. You know what I mean? Like that's the that I you know he's he's amazing. He's got great jujitsu, great wrestling, power, good boxing, all that good stuff. So, but to see him disperse of Magny as easily as he did is 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 just pretty remarkable in itself. I mean, it it really is. It just shows how good he is. You know, so dominated. Uh, I won't say dominated on the feet because he really didn't. Took him down easily. You know, the first one I think the first takedown was a, a kick that he caught. But dude, Magny is a cardio machine. He gets up well, and it just seemed like he was, uh, just seemed like he was lost in there against a superior athlete, superior fighter. And uh, I, you know, when the line was released, I, I, I was a little hesitant because I, anytime you put Neil Magny at a, a Magny opponent at minus four hundred, minus five hundred, 
You know what I mean? Like it's just a little ridiculous. But he he made it look like the line was just. I had no interest in playing him at that line against yeah. against Magny. I didn't. We had him in the Discord. We had him in the Discord, and you see, uh, who's the other guy that uh, they were on similar paths? Uh, uh, Mukov Murdov. He was like he was the murderer at middleweight, right? And everybody thought he was the next big thing. And then he ran into Gerald Mearshart, who just didn't go away and got him on the ground and subbed him. And that was, he was similar odds, you know. And, and it's anytime you see stuff like that, you know, Magny's always seemed to be the, the spoiler. So it's, uh, it definitely was a little scary. But man, he made that line look just and maybe valuable. You know what I mean? Like he, there was not a moment that Magny had in that fight. Am I right? Did Shavka call it Wonderboy? Did... He called out Wonderboy. He's never going to get that fight with Wonderboy. I don't, I don't think, personally. I don't, I don't think he'll ever get that fight. The UFC would be crazy to make that fight. There's a lot of fights you can make with Wonderboy that are going to be fun. The Romanov fight's not going to be one of them. Romanov will take him down and, and probably do worse to what he did to Magny. So I don't, I don't, I, to, me, that's not a, to me, that's not a play that the UFC makes. I mean, Unless they wanted to fast track him. Unless they wanted to fast track him. I don't, I don't know if, if I take that fight from Wonderboy. Like, how do you win that fight? You know, you're not going to stop those takedowns. I mean, the, the blueprint on how to beat Wonderboy is there. It's set. With Bilal, we saw it with Burns. And, and we're talking about a guy that's a better wrestler than both of those guys. And maybe a better striker. You know, So, I mean, with Romanov, you could put Bilal in there. Bilal's a fun fight for him. Um, Sean Brady is always that spoiler. You know, Sean Brady might be the most underrated guy in that division. Uh, Romanov, I believe, was in that category until maybe this weekend. Uh, but Brady's a Brady's a savage, bro. He's he's good. Sean Brady is uh, amazing. So there's a lot of fun fights to make for for him as well. But man, I would like to see him face. Uh, he's got to be he's got to be in the top ten now, right? He is Eight. number ten. He is ten. I mean. I would love to see him maybe, you know, top seven, top six, keep working down. You know, there's a who, who's 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 five, six, seven? Uh five is Bilal, six is Luke, and then seven is Wonderboy. I mean any th any of those three I'm with. I think I I love Thompson. I just think stylistically Shopcott is a nightmare matchup for him. I just it doesn't make sense. It's not a fun fight for me. You know what I mean? Like it's tough finding a fight for, for Thompson at the minute. Luke, Luke and Thompson. That's the that's the fight to make. Two strikers. That's the fight to make to me. I mean, but but you could put Bilal or Luke in with Romanov as well, and I'm I'm all here for that. What's Brady? Three. Sean Brady. Yeah. Nine. Nine. Wolf. I'm telling you, that kid's gonna he'll he's gonna bust through those rankings soon. He's good, man. He's really good. He's a really good grappler. Insanely strong. I. You'll see. He's good, man. I don't see him. I think he's going to make his way. He's going to crack that top five, top three. And he's going to be a problem for some of those guys. He's really good. But there's some fights to make with Romanov, the two guys that stand out to me right now. Bilal is the number one. If I get to pick his next fight, Bilal would be the guy that I would pick for him. You know, Bilal, Luke is a fun one. Uh, but the fact that Bilal took Luke down and wrestled him, that kind of, you know what I mean? That kind of says Romanov can do the same thing to me or do the same thing to him. But I, I, for me, if I get to pick Bilal, Romanov would be the, the next fight the next fight for me so UFC 276 moving on um let's just start with the the main card I believe the opener is going to be uh O'Malley versus Pedro Munoz this fight's super interesting to me because 
I think stylistically, O'Malley is, is O'Malley's the better fighter, right? He's younger, faster, for sure he's faster, stronger, more athletic. Uh, he's a more technical striker. I don't think his jiu-jitsu is good, but O'Malley's jiu-jitsu is good enough. The problem is, is the biggest issue we've seen with O'Malley so far is durability. And when you look at Pedro Munoz, you're talking about one of the more durable guys in the division. And I got to think that and when we get into this, we'll start breaking down path to victory, right? But I got to think that if O'Malley can keep his shit together, meaning like not fall apart physically, right? Like he doesn't get hurt or injured. I got to think he's going to win this fight. It would be by decision, I think, though, you know. Um, but we've, we've saw in the past that he has a very difficult time not getting injured through these big through these big fights where guys are hammering on him over the course of three rounds, let alone five rounds, you know. Uh, Munoz does a great job kicking that that calf too. Uh, that's going to be a thing. I mean, that's. I mean, if I'm O'Malley's camp, that would be the the primary thing that I would work on is that is that calf defense, you know. Uh, for me, if we're talking about path to victory, I think I think Pedro's going to have to early on. I think he's going to have to eat some shots early to create some pressure to, to put on Mali and force force the the range to be here where they can both hit each other, right? Because if he sits at range with O'Malley, he's going to get picked apart. I think. But we've we've seen O'Malley even against the Motino fight, right? Motino had some success in the third, even though he got stopped in the third. He was landing, you know, and and uh, with with Munoz though. I, you know, at some point the age catches up with you. I don't know. I'm not saying he slowed at all. He showed any signs, any signs of slowing. But uh, it's an interesting matchup, man. I, if you know O'Malley by decision is something that may interest me a little bit, or or Pedro inside the distance, because I I don't for whatever reason I don't see Pedro winning a decision here. I just don't. I don't see it. If you want. Pedro inside the distance, you can get some 450 about that. Pedro inside the distance is plus 450. I mean, <clears throat> obviously I got to break this down, but <clears throat> if you played O'Malley by decision, I, I don't even say that. If you played O'Malley straight up and you played Pedro inside the distance to hedge it, that's that's something that I haven't looked at it yet, but that's something that intrigues me right off the right off the bat. O'Malley by decision is uh, plus 150. O'Malley by decision is plus 150. Interesting. I, I just... I'm not saying O'Malley can't can't finish, because uh, Pedro's he's he's tough, but he is hittable at times, you know. And and Sean he's got some power, he's got some pop in him, he kicks well. So I would probably play O'Malley straight up, and then uh, hedge with uh, inside the distance from Pedro at plus four fifty. To to if you do lose, you get your money back. You know what I mean? Cause I, for whatever reason, I just don't see. I don't think that Pedro's going to be able to win. Bank rounds, bank fifteen minutes of rounds against O'Malley. That's just I just don't see it. I don't see how he wins that. Uh, next up, we have uh, what am I missing? We're missing one fight. I know the co-main and the main. Uh, the we main have uh, Sean Strickland and AP. Yes. and AP. That's <coughs> Sean. I'm very yeah. excited for this fight. Sean Strickland versus AP Alex Pahea. Um I think the UFC is trying to fast track Pahea here. I think it's obvious. You know what I mean? They want that uh that they want that money fight with Izzy being Pahea's the only guy to knock Izzy out, right? Only got to beat Izzy, right? Um that was kickboxing. It's different. But uh this fight is super intriguing to me. 
and I think it's close to even money, right? I, I think, uh, yeah, I, I think, first of all, the over one and a half is just screaming at me right now. I, uh, the, I just think that that's going to be, I think that's going to be a thing. I think the over one and a half is going to be, uh, I think Strickland is going to grind on him. I think he's going to put him in the clinch. I think he's just going to try to wear on him. If I'm fighting Pahea, that's what I would try to do. So I think for sure the over one and a half, I, I do like that a lot. The problem is, is what Strickland's going to have to deal with. He's going to have to deal with that outside low kick and that left side hook. And the, Pahea puts those two together better than anybody in the world. And uh, his left hook is absurd. And he is so dynamic, so explosive. And the power, like, if you watch his fight on uh, LFA, he throws a left hook and doesn't even look like it lands. And it just like flatlines this poor guy. You know what I mean? Like the fact that he's, he's kickboxing guys in MMA on a regional level is absurd. You know, they, we're talking about, I think he was a two division champion in glory kickboxing. It, it, you, you can look that up if you want. I'm pretty sure I'm, I'm correct in that. But, I mean, the guy knocked out Izzy cold in kickboxing. He's, he is a dynamic striker. Maybe, maybe the best striker in MMA right now. I don't know. I think Izzy's a, is, a, is an argument, and that's why I think they're trying to... Bring it back to there. Yeah, I, I think so. I, that's what I would try to do if I'm the UFC. Um, but <clears throat> you get a guy like Sean Strickland... He's durable, and, and I do think that what everybody uh, discredits Strickland is his grappling. I think his grappling is incredible. I, th I really think he's a great grappler. And uh, if I'm Strickland and his team, I, 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 would, uh, I would definitely grapple. My issue with that is I, in the past, Strickland has been a guy that he doesn't, uh, just hearing through the grapevine, he doesn't listen very well. You know what I mean? Like he's kind of stubborn. So I, I will say this, though. I do think that. I do think, just from the inside info that I've got, people I've talked to, I do think that they're going to wrestle. I think they're going to try to wrestle and clinch hard here. I, I, do, I do think that. I feel pretty good about that. The obvious concern would be that maybe Strickland aborts the game plan. Yeah, that's a concern. Well, two things. One, the first concern is, is Strickland says, no, I'm going to strike with you at open mat, open mat range, which I don't think is smart at all. The second thing is, is you get in the clinch with somebody that's from in a kickboxing background, and you realize, hey, I'm not as good as him in the clinch either. You know what I mean? Like... But Pahea comes from that kickboxing background. It's not a it's not like a Muay Thai background. They don't spend a ton of time in the clinch. So if I'm Strickland, I'm shooting head inside singles, doubles, coming up to the body and just putting him uh putting him on the fence. We saw that, I believe, in uh Pahea's last fight where he kinda he won a decision, but it was close. Kind of got grinded on a little bit. And uh that's that's what I would do, you know, punch on the break. Uh, wear on him, look for the takedowns. That's exactly what I would try to do if I'm if I'm Sean Strickland. And you know, presuming Pahea gets out of this, you know, it's a straight shot at Izzy then. Yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent. If Pahea gets past Strickland, uh, there's that's a title shot, no doubt. And then Strickland on the reverse if he wins. Yes, yeah, I think that's been promised actually. I think that's I think that's the next in line. I think the winner of Strickland Pahea gets the next title shot. I think that's been promised to both sides. I, I believe. So and rightfully so, I think, right? I mean, especially for the Strickland side. Well, that's what I was gonna say. Yeah. Like for Hale, like you said, he's just been fast tracked to touch. But like, who am I to say, you know? Well, he has been fast tracked, but there's that's a money fight. You know what I mean? Like you can sell that because he's the only person to beat is Izzy. You know, so that's easy. That's an easy sell. Uh, but Strickland's earned his earned his way. He's beat some good guys. You know, he's beat some really good guys and knocked out some good guys. You know. Uh, yeah, I, 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 I do think that uh, I'm pretty sure that the winner of Strickland 
Paye gets the title shot. Deservingly so. And we think that, you know, definitely the over is probably one of the more kind of attractive plays the, this in this whole card. The over one and a half is, as it sits right now, is one of my, at face value, one of my better plays. Minus 165, I love the value there. I really do. I really do. I, I think that I, if Strickland does what I think he's going to, I think he's going to strike a little bit. And the second that things get a little dicey, I think he's going to clinch. I think, it, dude, you would be crazy not to clinch with him. You'd be crazy. And <laughs> talk about you'd be crazy. But Strickland is a little batshit crazy, you know? So uh, I do think that they're going to clinch, though. I think they're going to clinch. And I think he's going to try to wear him down, take him down. And I, I do think that we'll see. I, I, I feel strongly about the over on that one. Uh, co-main event, UFC 276, uh, Volkanovski, Holloway. What are the odds? Like, Volk is 220, minus 220, somewhere in there? With bet online, it is minus 200, and max is plus 170. Minus 200 for Volkanovski. The comeback is plus 170 on Holloway. Um, the, 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 both the fights were razor close, right? Razor thin. The first one, I had Volkanovski. The second one, I had Max. It was 50-50. You couldn't be upset either way, right? But I, I think that... Uh, I think that... Anytime you can get a coin flip fight, even even if, let's say it wasn't a coin flip fight and you give Volkanovski a slight edge, you're getting Holloway at plus 170. To me, whichever, if you want to get more value, whichever guy you think is going to win, play by decision. Because I don't, I just don't see these guys finishing the other. And which, what is, what is the over under? Four and a half? Four and a half. And it's two, minus 260? I think there's value at minus 260 on the over. I just, I don't, I don't think these guys can finish each other. I just don't see it. I don't see, like, when's the last time we saw Holloway hurt? Poirier? At, yeah, Poirier, 55-er slash 70-pounder? I just don't, when's the last time we saw Vol Volkanovski hurt? Mendez? If he even. It, and when I say hurt, I mean even just buzzed a little bit. Both these guys have granite chins. I'm for sure going to play the over four and a half. I'm for sure going to play the go to the distance. And whoever I think is going to win, who I think is some value. What's what's max by decision? There's got to be some, you know, plus 300, 400. Plus 285. 285? I think there's value there. I really do. Um, and that's another thing is you can play Volkanovski straight up and then hedge with Holloway by decision. And And to me, this is just a volume play. Like, I don't think either one of these guys can take the other down. If they can, they can't hold each other down. Uh, and I think it's going to be who pumps out more volume with effective strikes is going to win. I mean, that's the story these guys have fought for damn near an hour now, you know. And I just, I don't, uh, they're so evenly matched. And if I'm Max Holloway, I got to be honest with you, if I'm Max Holloway, like I sell out. Like I'm going to, I got to fight this dude. Like there, I think there's going to come a point, if I'm coaching Max Holloway, there comes a point in this fight where we stop competing in MMA and we just say, listen, go get this dude, bro. Like, you got to fight this dude. Like, make him beat you. If you're going to lose a decision, if this fight is so close, it's razor thin, make him beat you. Make, at least make him, make make it make sense to the judges. You know, because we're not losing another split decision. You know, uh, that's, if, if I'm coaching him, like, you, like if, if we're close, if we're two and two going into the fifth, like, the fifth round is like, I'm just trying to kill you. You know what I mean? There's no there's no longer a fight. I'm trying to kill you. And we're just, I'm, I'm going to go for broke. You know, because neither one of these guys are going to get tired. 
Neither one of these guys can get tired. Neither one can sub the other. I don't think either one of them can knock the other out. Both of them have great volume. Both of them are super, super durable. I just, to me, it's a volume play. And typically, Max wins that battle. But Volkanovski is so good. Maybe the best in the UFC at covering distance safely. Like, he's so good at it. He covers distance better than anybody that I've ever seen. And the reason why Volkanovski doesn't get the credit he deserves, and I can't stress this enough, the reason Volkanovski isn't talked about more is because he's not super sexy. Like, nothing he does is overly sexy. He is just fundamentally damn near perfect. He does not make mistakes. He's defensively sound. His volume is insane. His cardio is insane. His power is really good because he used to be big and came down. His durability is off the charts. His submission defense is insane. I mean, he just isn't sexy. You're not seeing him spin or anything like that, you know? You know, he's the guy on NBA 2K or Madden that he's a 99. You know what I mean? Like, his rating is a 99, but he's not dunking. He just, you know, he doesn't make many mistakes. He's defensively sound. He can shoot the three. He can, you know, he can make the layup. He's just going to, he's Tim Duncan. He's the Tim Duncan of MMA. He just doesn't make mistakes. Nothing sexy. Just puts points on the board. So the big play right here is to effectively just bank on it going five rounds. I think so. I, I think so. I would be shocked if this fight doesn't go the distance. I'd be shocked. I'm surprised the line makers haven't really shut, am, shut down the value on it either. Because it's, it's still well. there, I think. I would I would venture to say that you're going to see minus 300 or more for the fight to go over before the fight happens. Just a guess. The distance is minus 200 right now. I feel like if you're going to play the over, play the distance. Oh, 100%. 100%. I'm, at minus 200, I think there's a boatload of value there. A boatload of value there. A boatload of value. I'm, I mean... That might be a bigger play than that is a bigger play to me than Pahea Strickland over one and a half. So then, what you could do then as well is have a bit of a play on Max by decision. Max by decision for sure. You have to play that. You'd be crazy not to play that. Volk by decision is plus one hundred too. Yeah, I mean, if you get Volkanovski by decision at at even money, I I just I don't I. Listen, I'm not a line maker here. I don't understand these lines on this fight at all. I don't I don't get it. I don't uh I would put the over at like minus 300, maybe a 325. I don't understand and and both of these guys like Volkanovski isn't a huge finner. He just he just he just finished uh KZ, but KZ is not Max Holloway, man. When's the, who's the last guy to finish Max Holloway? Dustin Poirier? Like 10, 12 years ago, right? This first fight in the UFC. This is his debut. I'll wait. Poirier was a decision. No, 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 no. Not the last fight. The first fight. He finished in by mounted triangle. That was the only time. His only time he's ever been finished in his entire career. What about Volkanovski? Has he ever been finished? I don't think he's ever been finished. Against Corey Nelson in 2013. But he was messing around. I think he was fighting at 185 and he... <coughs> I don't know if you've seen the, the photos of him and stuff like he that. Was huge, I'll, I'll beam a few of them up, but like he was like a rugby player, you know, like a big dude. Yeah, he was huge. I mean, he was probably fighting at 170, 185. He had no business fighting there. Still lost the decision, though, right? It was a head kick. Okay, head kick. At, at, I've never, I've, I mean, he's been hurt a couple times at featherweight, but I mean, Chad Mendez, you know. That was at welterweight. Welterweight? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. I just, I don't see it. 
I personally don't see it. And that was 2013. That was almost 10 years ago. I don't see it. I don't see this fight not going the distance. I don't see either one of these guys finishing each other. Call me crazy. I could be wrong. I think this fight's going to go the distance. Uh, and whoever you think is going to win, you can play by decision. I think that's a good play. Main event, Izzy, Cannoneer. I've actually broke this fight down a ton. I did a UFC breakdown show. Hopefully it gets released this week. But, uh, I mean, I've broken this fight down four or five times already. Uh, it's to, to me, it's a battle of range, right? It's a battle of range. I think Cannoneer, he's not going to wrestle, I don't think. I think he's going to try to wrestle. <clears throat> he's going to try to wrestle. But I think instead of wrestle, I think he needs to be in the clinch, right? Similar to what Strickland should do to Pahea. Um, Izzy is going to do what Izzy does. He's going to try to counter punch from range. He's the best in the world at that. Amazing at it. Uh, but listen, the one thing I like about Cannoneer here is he's not Vittori. He's not Whitaker. Not Costa. He's not Romero. He's a mixture of all those guys. You know, like we look at Romero, who is he beat? He's low volume. Good wrestler that very wrestle, uh, very rarely wrestles. Good power, but his volume is so low. I, I I think that that's a great matchup for Izzy if Romero doesn't wrestle. And then you go to Vittori, right? Vittori is very well rounded, but he's kind of slow. He's not super athletic. He's not. I shouldn't say that. He's not as athletic as uh, Cannoneer or as fast. You look at Costa, big puncher, really fast. But he's not, uh, he doesn't really blend his game. He's a striker, right? So what I love about Cannoneer and, and Whitaker, Whitaker does a decent job of blending, but he's primarily a striker. And I just think that he plays at, a, he's good at a long range, which Izzy's better at. I just think the range there is, stylistically, Izzy's a tough matchup for him. But what I like about uh, Cannoneer is he can play at different ranges. And I think he's a mixture of all those guys. And Izzy hasn't beaten him yet. You know what I mean? So, that's uh, what's that? That's one thing that you know. Yeah, it's not a rematch. You know, it's not a rematch. But it, but Cannoneer's the next the next in line, and then obviously after that we have Pahea Strickland, and I think after that, good lord, he's cleaned out that whole division. You know. You know what do you do with him then? <clears throat> Send him back up two hundred five if he wants. I mean, you know, you said what do we do with him? We well, we can keep we can keep doing our normal stuff, or we can whatever. You know, I don't know. Is he? Beating him is not easy. You know, his his takedown defense on the cage is incredible. Uh, his open mat defense is not as good, but his range is so good that he forces guys to take shots from way far out. Um, I just, I, man, I struggle to see how Cannoneer beats him over 25 minutes. I think Cannoneer has to stop him to beat him. Is it possible? Absolutely. Cannoneer's got the power, explosiveness, and speed to do it. I just don't see him beating Izzy for 25 minutes, if that makes sense. I, I, I don't see it. I think Kenneer needs a stoppage to win this fight. And out of all those guys that we just named, I do think he's the most likely one to do it. You know, So I think the, the danger factor that Kenneer brings to the table is fun. That's, you know, that's fun to watch. And he's got a little bit of spice to him. You know what I mean? He's got a little chip on his shoulder. He's not afraid of Izzy. He's asking for the fight. That's what I want to see. I don't want to see a guy that, you know, oh, like, like, I love Robert Whitaker, but he kind of like didn't want to fight him. And it's like, dude, like you should be asking for this fight. If you want to fight this guy, let's fight him, you know? And uh, Kenneer was calling him out, asking for it. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I like that. I like some things about Kenneer here, you know? And, uh, and I'll be honest, I like the winner of Pahea and Strickland. I think there's some fun there too. So 
Uh, and and I like the loser of Izzy Cannonier to fight the loser of Paya Strickland. You know, if uh, I mean, imagine a scenario: if Strickland wins, he fights Cannonier next, and you put Izzy against Paya anyway. Feel like um, there's certain similarities of like you know, say for example, when you know John Jones moved out of like heavyweight, mm -hmm. all of a sudden it got super super interesting. Mm -hmm. Not to say that Izzy isn't interesting right now. But you know, say he win when he wins his next two fights, or if he wins his next two fights, you know, what do you, like? That's what I'm kind of saying is, is, is he just going to continue to beat guys <coughs> over and over and over the same guys? Yeah, I mean, I don't think he can make seventy. I don't think he can make seventy. I think he's too small, two or five. Uh, that's a big difference. It's twenty pound difference, you know. I mean, imagine putting him against a guy like Yuri. I mean, Yuri's Yuri's huge at two or five, and I'm not saying is he can't strike with those guys. I just for what you know, at some point, it doesn't make sense anymore. But the UFC will always do a good job feeding, you know, this, it reminds me of Anderson Silva. It's like, okay, who's he going to fight next? You know what I mean? Like, okay, okay. And then at some point, there'll be somebody come along and uh, maybe give him some issues. I don't know. You know what I mean? A so, play on this or? Yeah. So the play for me, Izzy's like minus 460, I think. Is that what it is? 425. 425 minus 425. Oh, man. I, I don't, I, you could, you could, uh, you could throw Izzy in some parlays, you know what I mean? Like to, to try to get some, some money back there. Uh, and if you're going to hedge Cannoneer, I think it's Cannoneer by knockout. Uh, if you want to play that side of it, I don't see him beating Izzy over the course of 25 minutes. Could be wrong once again, but if I see if if I see a win on the Cannoneer side, I think it's going to be a stoppage. And if I see a win on the Izzy side, I could see either a knockout or a decision. That's yeah. I'm just looking at it here. You know, it's pretty much kind of pick your your method of, of victory if you want to play Izzy. You know, yeah, without I, laying serious I, juice. The way that I'm going to do it is put him in some parlays with other people that I like on on lower lines. You know, that's how that's how I'll play it. Uh, but if you have, you know, if you put him in three or four parlays, you might want to hedge with Cannoneer by knockout to get some money back in case he loses. You know, if, if you're if you want to play safe, you know, if you want to play safe, if you think Cannoneer has a chance, which I do, I think he's got a, I think he's got a chance. You know, he's he's good. He's not he's not a slouch. He's good. He's a mental monster. He's a big body coming down. He's strong. He's fast. He's explosive. He's dynamic. He's he he sprinkles in some uh, some sexy stuff. You know, back fist. Uh, spinning round kicks sometimes. He's beat some good guys, man. Like, don't count this guy out. You know, he's he's uh, there's there's a there's a play to be made on him. You know, so it's a difficult fight to play at the line, but I would put Izzy in some parlays. And if you want to back up your money, Cannonier by by stoppage or Cannonier inside the distance or by knockout uh, or TKO. I don't think he's gonna sub Izzy, but uh, that's that's how I'd play it to get some value back out of it. Clears out the card. I don't know if you wanted to talk about anything else. You know, we do have some interesting fights on the card, too. Yeah, let's run through one or two more. What do you got? Brad Riddle and Jalen Turner. I know Brad, we had a play on Jalen Turner before. Brad Riddle, Jalen Turner. Man, Jalen has just kind of came out of nowhere. Like, he is he is super tough. Uh, man, I think I'm going to have a – I haven't looked at this close, but I think I'm going to have a play on Jalen. I do. He's a, he's like minus 140, minus 150, 60, somewhere in there. Maybe even less. But Brad is super durable. But this I said this, this reminds me of the same, this reminds me of the same thing. So he fought Malarkey. I had to play on Malarkey. Malarkey was plus money. I had to play on him. Or I'm sorry, I had to play on the over. And he smoked Malarkey early. 
<clears throat> if you remember, Riddell and Malarkey were in an absolute war. Yes. And now, MMA math doesn't always make sense, but if the styles are the same, sometimes it can make sense. So, Malarkey and Riddell are pretty similar. They're pretty similar. Like, Riddell is hittable, and Jalen is tall, he's young, he's fast, and he hits like a truck at that weight class. Man, I think I'm going to have a play on him, uh, maybe even by stoppage. Maybe even by stoppage. Jalen's money line is minus 135 right now. At 135, I think there's I think there's. I value. think money came for him, too. I think he was... It was Closer to like a dead pick'em at the start of the, or like last week. Yeah, I think there's I think there's definitely value on Turner at minus one thirty. Then Jalen by uh, KO is plus two fifty. Jalen by KO is plus two fifty. Might be a little sprinkle in there too, man. I, you know, listen, I don't I don't know that uh, that money line sounds good enough to me at minus one thirty five. I think there's value there, you know. Uh, but it's it's a very intriguing fight. Uh, these guys are gonna they're both two strikers, and Jalen's I think he's. He's way longer, man. Like he's was six foot plus at at lightweight. He's a problem, man. I think he's like six two, six three. He's a problem. He hits hard, man. So I I, I don't at one at minus one thirty five. I think there's some value on 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 Jalen. I really do. And then we'll just do one more. We'll look at a uh... Ian Gary uh, Gabe Green. Ian's coming off a win over Darian Weeks. He's from my neck of the woods. Uh, I, I listen. I struggle with this fight because I think the line is pretty similar, right? And and Gabe, Gabe is a dog. He's a dog. He's strong. He hits hard. Uh, but you can't let Ian just sit at range on you because he's going to pick at you. He's not going to get in a hurry. He's going to pick at you at range. He kicks well. He's got a nice jab. The problem is he doesn't like pressure. And I, I for sure see the first round going to Ian Gary. The, the problem is is where the second and third go because as the fight progresses, Gabe usually picks up. Ian usually stays the same or slows down just a hair. But this is a really this is a really tough one for me because Gabe has done this a few times now. He's fought the style a few times now. And uh, if you're there to be hit, he's going to find you. And Gary is a little hittable at times. He's young. He can be hittable. And he doesn't, uh, he doesn't like pressure, you know, and it's not, I shouldn't say that his style is not made for pressure. That doesn't mean he can't fight going backwards. He obviously comes out of Sanford, great gym. He's going to do good. He's going to do just fine going backwards. But if you had to pick a kryptonite for his style, it would be pushing them back pressure style, uh, pushing them backwards. And that's what Gabe Green tends to do as the fight progresses. He's not going to get tired, strong. He hits hard. He's winging punches. He's got a decent takedown. Uh, so this fight is intriguing Intriguing to me. Uh, I think Ian's a slight favorite, minus 140-ish. Minus 160. Minus 160-ish. That line is climbing. That I don't think it started like that. Uh, gosh, that's a tough one, man. That's a really tough one. I like the over. The, was it two and a half? Uh, over two and a half, minus 140. Over two and a half minus one forty. I like the over on that as well. I like the over on that as well. I do. That's a that's a good one. Uh, if the finish does come, I think it's gonna be on the green side. I really do. I think if the finish comes, it'll be on the green side. And that's, dude. Gary reminds me a lot of myself when I was younger. He's got a very pot shot style, like sit at range, pick out you one, one two, one knee. You know, he's not throwing a ton of combos. He's moving. Pot shot, pot shot, move, pot shot. You know, he's like fish in a barrel. 
But, dude, guys like Gabe Green can make that style really tough to make work. He's going to pressure you. He's going to hit you. And uh, he's going to dogfight you. And if you turn this fight into a dogfight, I don't – the Ian Gary's experience worries me a little bit, you know? So – this will tell a lot for me. Now, if you said, hey, Ian Gary just went out and pointed Gabe Green to death for three rounds, I wouldn't be shocked in the least bit. You know what I mean? I wouldn't be shocked in the least bit. But if if Gabe Green is willing to get hit a couple times to create some pressure, I think that's what he's going to have to do. That's a path, you know? It's the path to victory. for. It's the only path to victory, in my opinion. I think I think Green's going to have to create some good pressure uh, and get in his face. I just think he's going to have to. You know, So that's the, that's the path to victory for both of those guys. I I don't even want to pick a winner there. I do love the over, uh, but I think I think there's there's clear path to victory for both of those guys. Do you want to tell us about what you're getting up to this weekend? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, this weekend International Fight Week, right? It's a it's a huge huge week in uh, in MMA and all of them in the UFC. Uh, the UFC brings everybody out. They do uh, they do this thing. We're launching our podcast on Fight Pass, the One Percent Club. We're launching that on uh, on on Fight Pass's platform this week. I'll be doing a live episode from Podcast Row there. They have a whole row of podcasts being done live. I'll be doing that there. So uh, I'll get you guys the the link on my social media whenever we whenever we get that out. Uh, and then on Sunday after the fights, I'll go to the fights obviously on Saturday. Watch those, and then on Sunday I'll be competing in the. Uh, the uh, Fight Pass Invitational again. I've done. I think they've done two. I've, I've done both of them. So I'll be competing in that again. We have a team. Uh, it's another four teams on from Fight Pass. I'll be competing against another slew of really good grapplers, and it's it's a great chance for me to kind of you know still compete a little bit without uh, without get my brains beat in. So uh, I'm excited for it. Is the round table happening? Yeah, yeah. There's also a round table. Uh, there's a round table. I think myself, Uriah Masvidal, and Anthony Pettis. Uh, with uh, with some other guys from Fight Pass are going to do a roundtable on the promotion, maybe the podcast, and basically how the platform Fight Pass has helped us, you know, uh, expand our network and expand our podcast, expand our reach. I guess you know, it's been a great platform for for us on this, and uh, I'm excited to get it started. Cool. Um, there's also one thing, you know, maybe if people see this story being broadcasted out they can count themselves lucky that they're getting to hear this story. But oh. you do have a tale from Vegas. <coughs> Let me see. Bryce, Bryce Mitchell, he texts me. I, I got I to gotta clear this and make sure. Oh, he didn't write me back yet. Well, we're going to tell it, and if it does. If it doesn't, we'll cut it. Okay. I don't even, We're in Vegas. Myself, Roly Delgado, OG of the sport. If you don't know who Roly Delgado is, he was on one of the early seasons of the Ultimate Fighter, fought in the UFC, he runs an incredible jiu-jitsu program out of uh, Little Rock, Arkansas, I think. It's called Westside MMA. Incredible job. Uh, Bryce Mitchell, TJ Brown. And then, of course, TJ was there because I helped coach Roly uh, for TJ. So we're all in Vegas. We're sitting in the living room. I can't make this up. We're sitting in the living room, and we're watching a movie, Bone Tomahawk. Great movie, by the way. And Bryce gets a phone call, and he goes into my room. We're in, and we're in. So the way the the hotel is laid is like you get two separate, uh, two separate living quarters, right? And in one of the living quarters, there's a there's a living room, and then there's two bedrooms attached on both sides of it. So we were all in ours, right? They had uh, TJ and Bryce had theirs, and then me and Roly had ours. So we're all in ours watching Bone Tomahawk once again, killer movie. Watch it. Uh, we're all in the living room. Bryce gets a call from his girlfriend. Goes into my bedroom, which I don't know why he picked my bedroom, but he goes into my bedroom and, and 
So he goes in there and he's in there for probably, I don't know, an hour. And we're watching the movie. I said, dude, is Bryce in there? Is Bryce in there? And they're like, yeah, he never came out. So I go in there. He's asleep in my bed. And I said, dude, we, we got to go to the, like, we're headed to the venue at this point. Like, we're ready to go to the venue. That's like 10 minutes before. I was like, dude, I got to get my shit together because I have a flight tonight after the fights. I'm going home that night. So I walk in and there's a pair of socks of my socks laying on the floor. I said, Bryce, what, why are my socks on the floor? And no, this is not, this is not even correct. There was a pair of my socks laying on the floor. But he also, I forgot before he went in, he also borrowed a pair of my socks. And he had them on. So this dude, I said, dude, what happened? And he's got all his shit laying down in front of like, there's a walkway from the, from the, the, the bathroom mirror and into the bathroom. I said, dude, what are you doing? He said, man, my girlfriend got talking to me. And, he, and I rubbed one out. And I said, bro, what are you, hold on a second. What are you talking about? This dude... This dude came on my floor of my bathroom, jizzed all over my floor, used the socks on, his, on my socks on his feet that were on his feet to rub it in the floor to wipe it up and then went to sleep in my bed. And I, bro, I, the, 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 his, his mindset behind this is in, like, he didn't see a problem with that at all. There was no problem to Bryce Mitchell that he was sleeping in my bed, jizzed on my floor, like jerked off, came on my floor, and then used my socks that were on his feet to wipe them up, all while they're still on his feet, I might add. He didn't take them off. I, I can't make this up, Podge. He's still wearing the cum socks on his feet. No. And then goes to the venue no, with he the cum not. socks on. He goes to the venue with the cum socks on. I can't make this up, bro. This is Bryce Mitchell in a nutshell. I can't make this up. And listen, if you don't believe me, ask Rolly Delgado. And TJ Brown, they were there. They saw the whole thing happen. I got formal apologies from both of those guys after this happened from them. I can't make this up. Bryce Mitchell is a special creature, fellas. He, he's a special human being. And, and he's a national treasure, and we need to protect him we at need all to protect costs. him. <laughs> he's, a, he's an individual that, uh, listen, and when you get this kid going and we start talking about government and politics, he will follow you around uh, like, like, a, like a little kid attached to his mommy's hip and he just wants to talk about everything's a conspiracy and it's great he's got a lot of good points he really does he really does but moral of the story is he came on my floor and what was this is what's crazy there's literally a towel with an arm's reach there's a towel with an arm's reach a shower toilet sink numerous towels within one to two feet reach of Bryce Mitchell he decided to come on the floor Use the socks that I let him borrow that were still on his feet to wipe it up. And then continue to wear the cum socks to the venue and warm up with TJ with the cum socks on. I can't make this up. I don't. That's it's very difficult to, I'm not saying I don't believe it. I'm just saying it's very difficult <laughs> to <laughs> Listen, bottom. I couldn't believe it either, but I watched it with my own eyes. It happened, Podge. Ask TJ Brown, if you're watching this, message TJ Brown, message Roy Delgado. This really happened. I can't make this up. Listen, it was disgusting. It, it was it was one of the grossest things I've ever been a part of in my life. And uh, he's a special human being, Bryce Mitchell. Thug Nasty. That's why they call him Thug Nasty. He, wear, he wears fucking cum socks to the venue. 
poor TJ had to warm up with the cum socks. You know, he's rolling with him. And then he wouldn't leave me the fuck alone either. He saw the UFC posted. He's like trying to grapple with me the whole guy. I'm sick as shit. Literally, you guys can tell I'm sick. I'm sicker than a fucking dog. And he's trying to grapple with me, humping me on the damn broadcast. And of course, they cut out the part where I throw him. He's just dominating me on the damn, on the UFC social media. And they cut out the part where I had, a, where I was doing good. So he's dominating me. With, and I keep in, mind, keep in mind, he's got the cum socks on while he's doing that. Have you seen the video I'm talking about? No. The UFC post on their social media, it says, I thought TJ Brown was was fighting tonight. TJ's in the corner watching us and we're over here grappling because he won't leave me the fuck alone. And he's got these stupid cum socks on as he's rolling with me. It was gross. It's the grossest thing I've ever been a part of, man. Um, we're not going to try break any news or anything like that, but did he speak about maybe a potential fight that he could have? I think it'd be interesting for him. <laughs> I think I think they're looking for something for Bryce soon. Uh, he wants to go nowhere, but down the rankings or up the rankings. I guess I'm sorry. So uh, I think he's nine now. I believe there's a lot there's a lot of fights to make happen for him. Uh, we were talking about you know I think the a couple of the fights that interested uh, him were like Yair Rodriguez. Uh, you know KZ was brought up. I, I think KZ is only going to fight one more time though. I think KZ's gonna do one more. I think I think what we're gonna see is I bet we'll see KZ and Barbosa, and KZ's gonna be done after that fight. I think Arnold Allen. Was Arnold one, Allen is yep. one that I, I I spoke about that pretty. Yep. Uh, he kind of sprung to my mind as soon. That's I, a fun fight. It's it's great. But dude, Bryce has got a very unique skill set, man. He he's a really good grappler, and he does not get tired. He does not get tired. He sounds tired, but he never gets tired. It's so weird. It tricks you. Like, he does not get tired. He's an amazing grappler. He's incredibly strong for a featherweight. Incredibly strong. And he keeps that strength through as long as he needs to. Like, I literally have trained with him for two hours straight before. And he maintains the same strength and cardio he did from the, from the jump. He's really good. Really good grappler. And is he looking to come out again soon? Because it's obviously... It's, it, I, I love watching him fight. Yeah, I think I, he's I love, just I love, waiting. I love the whole build-up to him fighting. 100%. I think he's just waiting for, for a call. I, I think we'll see him soon. I, I, would venture to, I would venture to say we'll see him really soon. Right. Well, I'm happy to wrap this up whenever yeah. you are. Discord crushed it last week. Uh, I don't remember what we did. Five, six units, something like that. It was nice. It was good. Uh, we had some. We had a couple of dicey weeks back to back, but uh, we're back on the profit train, headed uh, headed north. So, um, if you guys aren't in the Discord, make sure you guys check it out. Our free pick hit as well. So we did uh, Baudet and uh, Parisian over one and a half rounds. Hit by like twenty seconds. But listen, I'm not trying to hear anybody because we've been on the wrong side of about forty of those. So. I think we're like two and eleven, or three and eleven, or three and twelve on the last like fifteen split decisions. Well, it's the worst luck ever. Yeah, it's been it's been it's been dicey. But we're back on the profit train, headed north. We're gonna make that money. If you guys want to join the Discord, make sure you guys check the check the link in the bio or the description. Join the club. Let's go.